Hello, and welcome back to My Story, His Story, Our Journey. This is Miss Mary here. Welcome everybody back to our journey for today. It's been a minute since I've been with you. I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. As you know, I could not post an episode. My house was filled full of people and grandchildren. And I just pray that yours was as good as mine. Uh, we are so thankful for all that God does for us and and everything he's blessed us with, including our family and our friends. And the fact that he even provides food for us every day is a blessing. Well, like I said, if you have not hit that follow button, make sure you hit the follow button to where you're notified for every episode that appears. And please share with your family and friends. Thanks for joining me today. And I'll see you over in my part of the story. Welcome to my part of the story. So as I was saying before, we are truly, truly thankful for all of the blessings that our Heavenly Father has bestowed upon us. And uh, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I did, and I'm so thankful for all he'd done for me in the past, the present, and I know that he will also do in the future. But during this time is when I realized what he was laying on my heart again and what journey he wanted me to go on. Several times throughout the Wednesdays and Sundays right before Thanksgiving break, it kept coming up in my mind and my heart about salt and light. And then I have to tell you this story because it's an absolutely true story. It was like while I was cooking, I noticed that as I was putting salt in the food, I was thinking about the salt and the light of the earth again and how salt gives flavor. And then while we were all eating, there were several people, you know, wanted to pass the salt, you know, or do you have salt? Then it kept coming up in my mind and my heart. And my family from Columbus was, was in and they were between my house and uh, my stepson's mother's house. And I kid you not, the very last day that she, my daughter-in-law came over she was wearing a shirt that literally said salt and light (laughs) and I told her the story about how I felt God had laid it on my heart to talk about the salt and the light and here she's wearing a shirt and it was almost like three times over he confirmed to me that this was the path that he wanted me to go down and the journey he wanted to take us on today So that is what we're going to be speaking on. We're going to be talking about how our Lord referred to us quite often as salt and light and what the importance of light and salt are in our life and how they can be used for several purposes. And so um, that is what he's laid on my heart and that is the journey that we are going to go down today. And it may sound like a message that your pastor has preached, but I'm sure if God has put it on my heart, then there's something else that's going to come up uh, through this particular journey. I know my pastor has preached on uh, salt and light before, uh, but I do feel like God has taken me into a couple little areas that was not touched on. So I hope you enjoy this. I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. And I think you can relate to what 
I'm about to talk about and you will hopefully enjoy this journey as I have since he's taught it to me. So I will see you over in his part of the story. Welcome to his part of the story. So first we're going to talk about light. And light does several things. And if you think about light, it's so extremely important to our habitat and to our well-being and our life. But let's just look at a couple things here. I researched it and it talks about how light illuminates things and pass. So... If you think about that, when it's related to the scriptures, have you ever been like stuck out in a forest or maybe even in a building that literally was at nighttime and there was no light and you were searching along the walls for the very next light switch? Because that happened to me in my pa- another church that I had attended. And it was scary. Like, do you ever think about that? How darkness brings fear? It's like the unknown and what you're going to bump into or if you could fall or if you could hurt yourself or even if you're out in the wilderness and you're in a dark forest, you have no idea what's out there. Your mind can play tricks on you and get you nervous and fearful because of the darkness. And so, you know, all it does is require a little bit of light to shine on things to make them clearer And especially, you know, in a pathway, if you have just a little torch or even a flashlight, it's small light compared to how dark it is, but it brings great comfort at a time that is needed when you you feel fearful. So if you think about light illuminating things, what about sin? You know, he says that he's the light of the world also. And he come to reveal to us our sin nature and reveal to us how we are sinners. And we need him. And so sometimes when you're witnessing, you ever notice that you'll be bucked against because you're revealing something to them. You're shining a light on a subject that is uncomfortable for them, uh, whether it be their sin or their life choices you often see that light will illuminate that darkness. And several times Satan and sin is referred to as a darkness. Um, And then, you know, he used, there's a scripture also says, I'll be a lamp unto your path. You know, like they used to put on their shoes, like lights to where it illuminated where they were walking and the path that they were going down. And I also wrote down here that light is needed for growth. Okay, so if you think about plants and trees without light, then the photosynthesis uh, that the Lord put into play here on earth, without that, we would have no growth. And so I think of that too, like with the scriptures, because the scriptures brings light to us and growth in our life, you know, um, as Jesus wants us to be light into this world, which I'm going to get into several scriptures here and touch on those, but we have to have, we have to be plugged into the source. 
you know, you think about, about an outlet, it's a light. It's not going to come on unless it's plugged into the source. And that source is Jesus Christ, which is our ultimate light. Um, light reveals what is truly there. Like if you're in a dark room and you shine a light, it reveals exactly what is there in your surroundings. And I felt that that was important because sometimes what you see can be blinding like the world if you're thinking of worldly concepts you know we we may want to fit in with the world we may want to uh, agree with one or more of their decision making um, and I will just come out right out and say it because I stand firm on the word of God like say for instance abortion you know oftentimes people are very touchy about the subject of abortion and I want to say this I know specifically people close to me very close to me that uh, have made that decision but and God can forgive that sin just like he can forgive any of our sin and I always pray for those people too because I know that had to be the hardest thing in the world for them to make a decision to do to take a life of a child however it is against the word of God and sometimes people say well don't you agree with it if somebody is raped I can't agree with losing the life of a baby under no circumstances. And um, a law was just passed in my state of Ohio that broke my heart because it will continue to allow babies to be aborted. You know, I made a point to somebody just several days ago that they said, well, I would just feel bad for that person that they would have to carry a child inside of them after the situation but I said, you know, we're not allowed to go and kill the, mer- the rapist. If, if we're not allowed to just go out and be vigilantes and just murder the rapist ourselves, why is it that we can murder a child from the aftermath of that rape that occurred? Now, I know you may not want to keep the child, but there's so many people out there that cannot have children that would love that child, and it certainly is not that child's fault. So that's what I mean about how... Light reveals what's truly there because sometimes we can, we, I I can feel for a person that has been raped and I, I, I empathize with them and I, under every circumstances, want that person to be held accountable for the actions that they had taken upon this victim. But the truth of the word of God reveals what truly should happen and babies are a gift from God. And it is a life that God knew. He says, I knitted you in your mother's womb. I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. So when you use his light, his word to shine on a particular subject matter, we always have to side with God. We always have to go with the truth from the word because we know he is truth. And then I said, I I was reading life. Light gives energy. Uh, If you think of the energy source that light has and the speed of light, you know, our our light, Jesus Christ, it it gives me energy all the time. After I read the Word of God or after I've been in the house of God, I feel so energized, so um, uplifted that the Word is, is so wonderful, like it can, you know, it can convict you 
which sometimes don't feel very energetic, but it can convict you, but it also consoles you and comforts you and encourages you. And, and, um, so I thought of light that way as the energy that it, that Jesus Christ provides in our life. So I'm going to go into a couple scriptures here. Hopefully my tablet won't die because I'm reading this from my tablet rather than this is still the ESV version, but I wanted to bring it from my tablet. That way I can get to the scriptures faster. Okay, so the first scripture I want to look at that that Jesus talks about this is Matthew 5. And we're going to read um, through 15. Okay, it says Matthew 5, 13 through 15. I'm sorry, 13 through 15. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste... How shall its saltiness be restored? Now, we're going to talk about salt, and I'm going to bring this scripture back up, but you'll see that he's talking about light as well here. It says, It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. 14. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all that is in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So see, he does speak of us as salt and light. And it's so important that we understand what it says here. You know, where it says, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. You know, this is where we get that old song, uh, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And then it's hide it under a bushel, no hide it under bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. So I, I, that comes straight from scripture, which I think is just such a sweet kid's song. And I remember it singing it when I was a child. And then it goes on though to say, um, in the same way, let your light shine before others. So he's directing us to let our light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to the Father who is in heaven. So God does talk about good works. Now we know works is not what saves us, but does God expect us to do good works? Well, yes, he said it right there, to let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works. So your good works is a form of light. It's a form of refreshment. The things you say, what you do, how you act, how you serve, is a light. It's a light that reveals something about you, about your character, about who you are. And notice it says, to your father who is in heaven. So we are representation. Do you remember how your mother and your father used to say to you when you were younger, you know, when you go out into this world, you're representing me. Well, that's true for our heavenly father too. Like I said, works don't save you, but what are you doing? What kind of works are you doing that is such a bright light that you are representing God the Father in such a wonderful way? You know, as I'm sitting here talking to you, it's so crazy because I already have my Christmas tree up. I put it up right after Thanksgiving and I'm looking at all these bright little white lights throughout this tree. And I'm so convinced that this is one that God wanted us to talk about and to take a journey on. Uh, Each one of these little white lights are so bright and it just makes this tree so beautiful. And and I'm sorry, that was a sidetrack there like squirrel. (laughs) I just followed this little squirrel off to this tree. But 
it brings me happiness. I keep my tree, you know, I have LED lights because I love to keep this tree lit all the time because it brings me joy and it brings me happiness as I'm looking at it. So then we're going to go down to Ephesians. Let's, let's look at Ephesians 5. Boy, I really, really hope my tablet doesn't go down. Ephesians chapter 5, 7 through 14. Okay. And it says, Therefore do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Hear that? You are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is not found in all that is good, or for the fruit of light is found in all that is good, right, and true. 10. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. There's that exposing light again. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Okay. You see how it exposes? It goes back to the one where I said it exposes truth. It shines what is truly there. And he often, like I said, talks about evil being in darkness, but we are to be part of the light. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. Okay? We We are to be that light in people's lives. Now, I'm not talking about Bible beating somebody over the head. I'm talking about... Do you study and read your word enough that a scripture will come to heart and come to mind anytime there is lies spoken? Because you know Satan is the father of all lies. So when a lie is spoken in your presence about the world or about this should be right and this should be right and that should be right, do you have scripture to back that up? Can you say truth, a light, a light source. Can you take your light source, which is your word, and which is who you are, is the Holy Spirit that, that drives you and shines through you. Can you reveal that onto a lie and expose it for what it is? Because you have to be ready with the word. You have to be ready with the sword to be able to defend. Okay, so at, let's look at Acts thirteen forty seven. It says the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. Let's 1347. Oh, I'm sorry. I read the wrong one. I read 44. For so the Lord has commanded us saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. See, we are a light to the Gentiles. The disciples was a light to the Gentiles, a light to the world. And let's see, Job 24, 13. Even in Old Testament, let's see what it says. 
Job 24:13. There are those who rebel against the light, who are not acquitted or acquit, acquainted. I'm sorry. Let me read that again. There are those who rebel against the light, who are not acquainted with its ways and do not stay in its path. The murderer rises before it is light, and he will kill the poor and the needy, and in the night he is like a thief. So we're seeing that separation of night and day from darkness to light. But the main scripture there is is those who rebel against the light. So we would call that worldly acts and worldly deeds and that is opposed of anything that opposes God's word who are not acquainted with its ways. Some may just not understand. Some may just not know and have never heard. And maybe you will be that light in that darkness that will shine and be able to illuminate their thoughts and their minds. And it says they do not stay in its path. So they don't continue on in God's path, the light. We talked about the light lighting up the path. They don't travel the way we travel or follow God the way we are to follow God and be those lights. And one more for actual salt, and that's Isaiah 60, verse 1. Isaiah. verse 1 it says arise for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you so see he was our original light but he shines his light through us remember he is the light of the world we are just vessels that he uses but between the studying of the word of God being around God's people, being in the house of God, and the Holy Spirit's direction in our lives, His light will shine through us. It's, it's risen upon us. We have been blessed with the same ability to show that light into the world. Well, I'm going to stop there. And over in our part of the journey, I'm going to follow this up with the salt because this is a little bit of a lengthy journey. So, This is what we know about light. Are you being that light? Can you say genuinely you have shined your light, the Lord's light, through you onto every subject and people around you? Do they see something in you that they don't understand like they've seen in Jesus or in John the Baptist or in the Apostle Paul or any of those greats? Can they see that same kind of light shine through you as it did through them? That's something to think about. And I tell you what, I will see you over in our part of the journey for the rest of the salt. Welcome back to our part of the journey. Well, this is a divided uh, journey. We usually just do a wrap-it-up commentary or just a little bit of a discussion uh, with our part of the journey. But what we're going to do is we're going to follow up on the salt part of light and salt, being light and salt to the earth. So we're going to pick up, I'm going to reread 
Matthew 5, 13 through 15. Um, It says, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Now, a lot of people will look at that scripture and think that they're talking about losing your salvation. And that is not true. This could be a good person. Okay, a good person with some morals. Okay, that actually shine a light. You know, have you ran into people like that that aren't Christians that don't really believe necessarily in God or maybe they believe in God but they don't know anything about Jesus Christ but they're a good person. They will give you the shirt off their back. And the reason I say that I know the difference between this is because I was one of those people. Yes, I lived a sin-filled life and I was a sinner to the core but most of the people around me before I was saved would always say, well, Mary, you're a good person. You would give the shirt off your back. Well, that could be a little bit of salt. Okay, but eventually that salt will lose its flavor and its taste. Because I was not that person to the core of me. And I still would take care of other people. But when it came right down to it, I would take care of myself before other people as well throughout my life. And so, you know, this particular kind of person with salt, it says here, shall be trampled under people's feet. You know, it's not going to be, it's not, they're not going to be that true, true salt that the Lord is talking about. 14 says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under their feet or under a basket. But no but on a stand, and it gives light to all those in the house. So I'm rereading that just to confirm the salt and the light. And now we're going to see, you know, and talk a little bit about the salt. So the salt, what does it do? What does salt do for us? And, you know, I wrote down several things here. One, it gives taste. And I think this is probably the biggest emphasis that the Lord made is flavor. Do you bring flavor to life? Do you bring flavor to people? That's why I said be careful about Bible beating or getting into arguments, verbal arguments about the scripture because that's not flavor. That can leave a little bit of a bitterness in somebody's mouth. Okay. So do you bring flavor, uh, love? Do they see love, goodness, patience, kindness from you while you're using the light to shine on them? And to reveal truth to them. Do you have a good flavor? You know, another thing that um, it does is it preserves. Like, you know, I always think about how I said, you know, you study the Word of God and you put it away in your heart that you would not sin against me or sin against God. Um, And then, you know, it actually preserves. Like, we are to preserve the Word of God. We are little Jesuses. That's what Christian means, is like a little Jesus, a little follower. So we are preserving his way of life. We're preserving what he had to say. We're preserving the word of God and continuing it on for generations. Uh, Another thing salt does is it heals. You know, you ever hear, you know, the old timers used to say, if you had a sore throat, to gargle lukewarm salt water and then spit it out because it would heal the back of your throat. Salt can heal. 
there's so many people out there that are broken and lost in this world with no hope, no way of finding their way to freedom or hope or love. They just feel lost. They don't know why they're even here on this earth. And, you know, his words can heal them. The truth that he came and he died and he was buried and he rose again three days later for their salvation, for their forgiveness of their sin, that is healing. Healing comes with that very gospel and that very true statements of Jesus Christ and who he is. And another thing that was interesting about salt is it was very expensive. Back then, that was not a commodity. You could just go buy in a store and a little thing and pour into your salt shakers. It was very expensive. So it was worthy. It, it was weighty, as I would want to say. Weightiness had worthiness to it. That's why it was expensive. And I think that it's wonderful that God can say we are the salt because, you know, we're not only preserving his word and we're not only helping heal and give flavor through our words and through our heart and through what we can do for people. Like I said, sometimes they want to to know you to know them before they care what you know. And, you know, have you been an aid? Have you been able to help them? Um, But, you know, he said we're salt. And I think that the, the, kindness of being one with Christ and we're one of God's children and you know he says we're worthy because of the Holy Spirit that lives inside us to go and to do and to speak on his behalf and to live on his behalf and to reach others on his behalf so there is an expensiveness there with with uh, the price that Jesus Christ paid on Calvary for us to actually be able to have his Holy Spirit so, more on salt. Let's go to Psalms 14.3. Psalms 14.3. Just a few scriptures to show you how he talked about it. It says, The fool says in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. They do the abom- abominable deeds. There is none who does good. Uh, 14... Oh, I did it again. I read 14.1. I apologize. I'm used to my own Bible pages, and I'm doing this on this tablet, and it just goes right to one instead of three. Okay, so Psalms 14, verse 3. They have all turned aside together. They have none become, or they have become corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one. Okay. So it still says, maybe, I don't know why this is in here. I know that it shouldn't have something about salt in it, but maybe it was one that I just read. And I was thinking to myself, let me just read down through one through um, one through three. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. Yep. Okay. I know the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is none who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. They have all turned aside together. They have become corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one. 
So the reason I remember I had marked this one is because I wanted us to remember that there was a time when we had no taste. We had no flavor. It it said very clearly, none were righteous. No, not one. None turned to him. There was somebody in our life, whether it be a pastor, a teacher, a friend that was a Christian, an acquaintance, somebody, co-worker maybe, somebody took the illuminated Word of God and shined it on you and gave it flavor to the point where the Holy Spirit responded inside of you. We were once these people before we became saved, and we still struggle with our sin, which is why we need to be careful about judging other people harshly. Do I believe they should be held accountable, especially if they claim to be a follower of Christ? Yes, I do. And there are scriptures to support that. But please remember that there was a time where you had no light. You had no flavor. You lived as one of these people. And it's so important that we think about that. Like when I was eating my food and I would eat the potatoes, I have to have salt and pepper. I am a person. I don't know. Maybe if you're not a salt eater, you don't understand it like we do. But if you're a salt eater, a person, like when I have potatoes, they are bland to me without salt on them. Like most of all my food is bland. Salt literally brings flavor. And I remember as we was passing the salt shaker around and I thought about the people sitting around the table and maybe God just let it pass through my brain. But I know the ones that are believers. And I thought, you know, at some point somebody passed that salt along. So that's where I had added this scripture in when I was um, thinking about how, you know, we pass the salt. We pass it along to those that need it. And we were once people that were lost, that had no hope, that, like I said, had no light or no salt in us. And so we need to remember that as we approach others for Christ. So let's go on to Mark 9, 50. Mark. It says in Mark verse 9, or chapter 9, verse 50, it says, Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltiness, how will it how will you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. So again, he's warning that salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltiness. And you know, this could also go back to the lukewarm. You know, he could literally be talking about the lukewarm Christian and how he could spew you out of his mouth if you think about it. Like I said, I can eat mashed potatoes, but I would almost rather spit them out without salt because they're just that bland. And, you know, he says here, uh, have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. Now he's speaking of the brothers and the sisters in Christ. Okay, can you 
be salty with your brothers and your sisters in Christ? Or do you have less patience with them compared to the world? I find myself sometimes that being true. Like if somebody claims to be a a believer and they've been around the Word of God and they conduct themselves as a non-believer, it kind of frustrates me. And I have a tendency to be more patient with a non-believer because I feel like without the Holy Spirit, they don't have the ability to overcome their sin like we do. So, you know, but as brothers and sisters in Christ, we're to get along. We're to be loving to each other. We're to uplift each other, encourage each other. So we sometimes have to remember to have just as much patience with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And especially consider we all have different spiritual gifts. You know, our focus could actually be on something different. And we think that's important to them, like it's important to us. When they have a different spiritual gift, maybe it isn't as important to them because they focus on their spiritual gifts. So, you know, he he wants us to be salty with each other. Okay, give flavor. You know, don't let no corrupt communication proceed out of thy mouth unless it would uplift or build, encourage another believer. Um... Okay, let's look at Colossians 4, 6. Colossians 4, verse 6. Okay, it says, Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each other. So that ties into that with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Let your speech be seasoned with salt. Can you be gracious to one another? Can you be thoughtful? Can you give words of encouragement to build up those instead of tear them down? That could be non-believer or believer. Let your words be seasoned with salt. Let your speech always be gracious. As you answer each other. That is so important. That is so important. And one more that I have. Leviticus 2. Back to the Old Testament. You shall season all your grain offerings with salt. You shall not let the salt of the covenant with your God be missing from your grain offering. With all your offerings, you shall offer salt. So here we're speaking of your offering to God, your service to God. Is it flavored with salt? What you do and everything you do, do you do it on behalf of the love that you have for the Lord and not for the idea that you're working your way to heaven? That is an unflavored offering because that's impossible. And God knows your heart. God knows if you believe that I did this and I did this and I did this and I'm a good person and I should go to heaven. Or if you're a broken sinner in your heart, And you know that if it would not have been for the grace of God, you would not be a light and you would not have flavor yourself. You would be flavorless. 
and that what you do and how you serve God, you do it out of the graciousness of your heart because you love him and you're offering up to him a sweet, smelling, savory, flavored offering. You know, everything we do for him needs to come from a pureness in us, a pureness in our heart that we want to do it. We desire to reach others. We desire to witness. We desire to serve. We desire to be like Christ. And that's what he's saying. Your grain offering, what you're offering up to him, is it flavored with salt? Or is it just bland? It's something to think about. It's something I should think about as a teacher, and especially in this podcast. Um, Sometimes things come up and I get overwhelmed and I get exhausted and but he always brings me back he always brings me back to this journey and being able to reach out to touch those out there that are listening well that is our journey today based on salt and light I do pray that your life and your witness and your journey with Christ has both has light and salt in it Please remember, we're a light that's a city on a hill. We're to be shining bright for those around us. We're coming upon the Christmas time of the year, and we think of that light of Bethlehem, how it directed the path of those to Jesus Christ. Please remember to be that kind of light. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today's journey. Thank you for what you've put on my heart. I I pray that whatever was said through me that you just throw out and those that things that you literally led and directed that it would penetrate the hearts and the minds of the listeners out there, Lord. I pray I did it justice. I pray I touched on all that you would have me to touch on when it comes to us being the salt and the light of this earth and Lord I thank you for that I thank you that I know that if there's any flavor that comes from me it was originally given to me by you and through your Holy Spirit and the same for the light I thank you that you Lord are my light and you direct my path and you're the one that shines on the things that you want me to see that you want me to know and you can divide truth and a lie and you can always be the one to show me the right path and I just trust you for that to be our light Lord thank you for the Thanksgiving season I'm truly thankful to to you for everything you've given me I'm thankful for my family for my husband for salvation first and foremost I'm thankful for these listeners and I pray you would just continue to grow this channel and that you would help those out there hear the words that you want them to hear and direct their path. Lord, I know you will always be a light to our path. You will direct our steps. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us this journey for it's in your son and our savior's precious name. I pray and amen. Thank you for joining today with the journey of salt and light and may all God's blessings be upon you. And I will see you Next time on My Story, His Story, Our Journey.